Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey alongside Chris Ballas and Anthony Broom on a Thursday, taking you into Christmas weekend. So Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Uh, we're going to talk some Michigan TCU. We will get into a couple new additions for Michigan in the transfer portal, talk some hoops at the end. But we are nearing Michigan and TCU finally in the semifinal. Next week, it'll really get real start doing all that stuff with uh, Chris and I making our travels down to Arizona. Um, fellas, like, where are we right now? Uh, coming off a of signing day, I feel like, to me, all, all focus is, is now kind of turning to that college football playoff game. Yeah, I'm a little under the weather. Thanks for asking. But, uh, you know, we're, we're dealing with it, man. It's hard. It's funny. Uh, it never seems to stop, man. We thought after, you know what, there'd be a little break after the Big Ten championship game. And then, of course, the transport will go crazy, and, uh, which is good news, obviously, because the recruiting class was a little down by Michigan standards, no matter how anybody wants to spin it. And a lot of that is NIL related. So uh, at the same time, they've really plugged some holes. And I think they'll figure it out. As we said last week, they're on the road to doing that. So as it pertains to uh, this year's team, obviously, it doesn't. So I, I'm excited. I think this team, from everything we've heard, these guys are, are motivated. Uh, they are not complacent. They have one goal, and that's not just TCU. It's to be TCU and whoever they would play in the championship game. So we saw J.J. McCarthy said, please, please bring them boys on again in Ohio State. I don't think he'll get his wish there. I think it'll be Georgia. I think it'll be Georgia and Michigan. Of course, you never know, man. Look at what happened. In, you know, We thought USC was going to make the playoff. We thought Clemson would still be there. Uh, it's been a weird year in terms of that. So, But it's been fun to be a Michigan fan this year and to be covering a Michigan team as an unbiased journalist. So uh, hopefully that thing continues and we get to go to Inglewood. And to be clear, Anthony Broom has chosen to stay back. He could have certainly joined us in, in Arizona. He's got to cover some hoops, and we appreciate you doing that and taking one for the team, maybe. But, uh, you know, what? we'll make sure that we have a couple drinks down there for you. Oh, I have no doubts about that. So, uh, yeah, I'm – we finally gotten to this place where Big Ten Championship is in the rearview mirror. Signing day is in the rearview mirror. For the most part, I mean, I we'll probably still see some transfers trickle in through the offseason, but transfer portal, the bulk of that in the rearview mirror. Uh, all attention is now on this TCU game. And, you know, to a lesser extent, um, the national title game, I think some of us have kind of gotten out ahead of the curb and um, – and, booked the travel out to LA just in, just in case, you know, uh, might, you know, figuring that out if it doesn't happen, will be a problem for future Anthony, but yeah, I, I'm finally ready to die. First of all, just get the holidays, uh, not get the holidays out of the way. I mean, I think the next few days will actually be a much finally the much needed reset, uh, for guys like us, you know, get to spend time with your families, um, you know, big snowstorm, big winter weather coming through the state of Michigan, so that won't be fun. But uh, we're battening down the hatches for that. But other than that, like, yeah, once we hit, you know, Christmas Eve, Saturday, Christmas Sunday, Monday is game week. Really, Sunday is technically game week. So uh, those guys will make their way down to Phoenix. You guys will make your way down there. Um, it's it's just about here. And we thought, you know, 
when you go through that college football playoff uh, show and you realize, oh, wow, it's whatever, December 4th, and they don't play a game until December 31st, you're like, wow, it's going to it's going to be a long wait. It hasn't been. I mean, it's absolutely flown by. Uh, they're already through basically two weeks of practice, and next week is a travel week. So a lot a lot has happened since last they played. Um, but I think you know, people. the first thing that people ask is, what's the intel? What's the intel out of practice? What are injuries like? Things are a lot more locked down than they were last year. Last year felt like a month-long victory lap, so to speak, and then whatever happened happened in the playoff. This feels like business, and I think the fact that we haven't heard a lot is uh, is a testament to just how locked down things are in that building right now. Yeah, I, I do want to say we're such sick people. The fact that, you know, get the holidays out of the way is uh, because there's a football game coming. And that's, Jackhammers. You know, yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting life. but It's a little um, different when you're not playing in the Citrus Bowl, you know? It's true. It's not just tacked It's on. true, and we've been waiting for this thing. Uh, really since Indianapolis. So it'll be really fun. Um, I do want to talk about something that both of you guys brought up individually and in different ways is kind of the mindset of this team, because every single player that we've talked to has spoken about this, where it's last year, I forget who said it. I think it was DJ Turner who said, you know, it was more of the distractions kind of got to them a little bit more last year of kind of being on that stage. And he said it, the moment was not too big for them. He definitely pushed back on that. But just the fact that this team has now been there, gone through that experience. It's not the craziest thing in the world that they're here. They've actually been working for 11 months, 12 months to get back to this point where I think now they have that confidence. And you're playing a team like TCU that is in this moment for the first time. Not saying they can't win or the moment's going to be too big for them, but it certainly is advantageous to be in this spot as opposed to last year. And I feel like a lot of those guys, I mean, think of the players that were on the field after the game last year when they lost to Georgia watching the Bulldogs celebrate. Uh, they're thinking about getting back to that moment, as Chris, you mentioned, uh, also winning on that next Monday night. You know, when they got off the bus and they were wearing their bougie uh, Jordan gear and their shades and their bling and all that, uh, I'm going to quote Chris Rock here. Maybe you need your ass kicked, you know? So I hate to say it, but it was like, come on, guys. You know what? Uh, let's get those blue collar shirts back on. You know that Jim Harbaugh gets them with the, you know, the guys at the, the refrigerator repairman and, and people like that were wearing and, and uh, let's get back to basics here. So, uh, because that was like, Hey, you know what, maybe you're, you're taking this thing, you know, another a little too far here, but um, at the same time, you know what, Georgia was just a much better team. Let's be honest last year. Uh, they're still the best team this year. There's no question in my mind, but they are beatable. Uh, this is not a generational defense that they're going to put on the field this year. And, uh, and you got to beat TCU to get there first. And I don't think it's going to be as easy as some people think. I think that offense is going to move the ball. I think they've got some uh, skill position players that are going to play in the NFL. And they got a quarterback who has uh, absolutely got a set of brass balls. So I am excited to see the game. I think that Michigan will run on them. I think Michigan will be prepared. Uh, but do I see this going? You know, everybody's like, oh, it's going to be one of those, you know, TCU doesn't belong in their type of games. No, I don't. I think that uh, they're going to move the ball a little bit. I think this will be a game uh, going into the fourth quarter. I could see it too. I mean, this is a TCU team where they are, you know, even if Michigan gets off to a hot start and say they're up, you know, 10, 14, 17 points at the half. Similar to Michigan, TCU is a second half team that has lived on the razor's edge all year long. So in order to kill them, you have to actually, you just have to keep playing and you have to ride out the game. And it's going to be, I, I think it's going to be a four quarter game. And I don't know that Michigan can afford to get off to a, 
um, you know, a poor start. I mean, we've seen, you know, they go down 10-3 in that Ohio State game, and, and they were able to fight back from that. But this is still a Michigan team that I, I don't know if they're, if they're exactly built to play from behind or anything like that. So, um, you know, but by a big margin. So getting off to a quick start will be, will be critical for them. Um, Max Duggan is a guy who he's going to play, but he declared for the NFL. Uh, I know they're, they're wide receiver. They have one of the best wide receivers in college football, one of the best cornerbacks in college football. So this is not just, this isn't like out, you know, it seems like last year Cincinnati got in and was just cannon fodder for Alabama. I don't know that this TCU team is that now. Um, do I think this Michigan team has another gear to it that, you know, even in the Ohio state game for 60 minutes, did we see? No, I don't know that they played their best 60 minute football game yet. Um, that may have been the closest to it, but yeah, they have to, this is not a layup. And, you know, if you ask me today, if I think they're going to win, I think they will. If you ask me who I think they're going to play, I would say Georgia, um, you know, we, I mean, would you rather see Ohio state? Maybe, uh, I think we know what they are. We've talked about that. I don't think this team is afraid of, of either outcome, but you know, you have to handle the business that's in front of you first. So um, we've already kind of broken. I've already kind of broken my own rule in terms of looking ahead in terms, you know, making plans for the the trip to LA and things like that. But this is not a, a team and a program that, that should do that. And the way that they're cut um, the cloth that they're cut from, I don't think that there's, there's any looking past them. They, they have a lot of respect for TCU. We've heard the players rave about Max Duggan. We've heard Jim Harbaugh rave about Max Duggan. They're on high alert for this team. And I I actually think that having the extra time to prepare for them is uh, is going to be a benefit for them in this case. We talk about TCU, second-half team, kind of like Michigan, comebacks all year long. I do wonder this, and it's something I'm, I'm scheduled to talk to uh, a TCU writer tomorrow, but – I want to ask, like, what went wrong in some of those games where they had to come back against some not-so-great teams? Michigan has a similar story. You could talk about the Rutgers game and things like that. But, I mean, it wasn't coming down to the end, final drive against, you know, a team like Baylor for TCU, for Michigan. Michigan pulled away much earlier than that, and I think, you know, that, that shows uh, quite a bit about Michigan. So I do want to ask about that because the Big 12, some of those teams they were down to the wire to, not necessarily, uh, you know, the best teams. But, uh, you know, I do wonder – how that plays into it. But at the same time, they have that quality where if it is a close game at the end, they're going to be really damn tough to beat uh, with Max Duggan at quarterback and the weapons they have. Um, yeah. Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Baylor's a hard team. They're they're tough. That's a tough place to play. Number one, number two, Michigan, Illinois. We can come come right back to that one and say, you know what, Michigan yeah. had it. They needed a last one. second field goal. To, right, exactly. So, 
uh, yeah, I mean, I think um, I think a lot. I think it's overplayed, you know. And I, I've said this before. I think if you put Oklahoma jerseys on TCU. Uh, you know, and, and I'm not saying that they were as talented as those Oklahoma teams that made the playoffs, but everybody would be like, wow, this is going to be one hell of a game. And I think there are some qualities there, especially in the quarterback play and the type of offense that uh, makes TCU formidable in this game. So, I, I, you know what, I'm anxious to see how they do against the run, too. What we saw, I, I, the one time I watched TCU start to finish was against Texas. Uh, they took away the running game. They had a great run game scheme and uh, made Ewers try to beat them. He couldn't. J.J. McCarthy's, I think, more equipped to do that. But um, to me, it's going to come down to what it's come down to all year. You got to run the ball a little bit. You got to protect the ball. And uh, you know what? I think that they'll, they'll be just fine. So excited to see it. I, I can't wait to be there. Can't wait to go. This will be my first trip to Arizona and I heard great things. So uh, looking forward to being there. Can I make one last point on that too? Sure. Because there are going to be people who watch this and, and inevitably go, oh, you guys are – you're not confident in Michigan and you're not, uh, you know, and if Michigan goes out and beats the brakes off this team, you guys weren't confident and you guys, you know, we know how that goes. We're just telling you the dangers of right. the team that they're playing. Um, right. This is not a, this is not a group of five team that had a magical season. Now it was kind of a magical year. TCU wasn't supposed to be anywhere near this good, but they're well coached. Their quarterback uh, to use your phrase, Chris has brass balls. Uh, I think they make timely plays on both sides of the ball. Uh, it's going to be a battle, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out. And it takes some good fortune, guys. They had some lucky plays where that went their way in some of these games that allowed them to be there. So, And I'm glad they did because I like them in there rather than Alabama, for example. And, uh, you know, some new blood in there. I think it's great no matter how much uh, Nick Saban was crying about his two-loss Bama team should have been there, so on and so forth. Uh, now go home and grab a beer, Nick, and, and watch it on, on New Year's Eve. We'll be thinking about you. AB, I just want to say this to you. Don't let the haters hold you back, man. Don't, don't. They don't. Yeah. They won't hold me back. That's I right. They won't beat Ohio State. I'm just trying you guys. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, the, the some guy again, man. It's unbelievable. These people. How dare you pick against Michigan without Blake Corum at Ohio State? You guys suck. Well, you kind of suck. So anyway, that's cool. Merry Christmas. Spicy. <laughs> I'm so sick. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, there's the gift. The people that's on right. YouTube. That's why we pay Hutch the big bucks uh, right. on the production side. He's nodding there in the background. So uh, we will leave that there. I do want to ask you guys one more thing about looking ahead, Anthony. I do apologize for looking ahead to a potential national championship game. But first, let's talk about our friends at Prize Picks. Football season is still here. There isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite team than by playing playing daily fantasy with our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports and just pits you against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual fan looking to add some excitement to the games, prize picks is the perfect game for you. It's the best way to have action on the game in states like Michigan, Kentucky, Alabama, Florida, Texas, Georgia, and over 70% of the United States. Prize picks is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada, not Ontario. Simply select two to five players, predict if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. Uh, this week, I will let our friend Chris Ballas go first because uh, Thanks, we don't want anyone to accuse him of stealing some of my <sighs> Yeah. Have we been winning? 
because I haven't even I haven't paid attention. So I don't know. I may need a refill on my account if price. Well, there you have it. That's why I'm going first. I don't need to be following you here. Obviously, I like Jared Goff over uh, 200. I'm sorry, more than. 245 yards passing at Carolina. I just checked the weather forecast, folks. It's going to be 38 and sunny. A little chilly down there. Uh, so I think he's going to go with those receivers that have are a little more used to the cold. And I think Amon Ross St. Brown's going to be less than 76.5. So um, this is taking into account all the meteorological aspects and, and everything else. So put a lot of thought into the one, this one this week. Clay, if you want to use that, you can. We need to get uh, back on the winning side here. So feel free to copy me if you need to. That is fair. And for the people that don't know, CB almost was a meteorologist and would have been a damn good one too, from what I've seen. So uh, I I am going to overlap on one of those, but I do have Trevor Lawrence, who's playing really good football right now, more than 208 and a half passing yards. And then uh, I will take Amon Ross St. Brown. I'm actually going to go more than 76 and a half uh, on that one. So we'll see who wins on that. Yeah. You got to go head to head. Clay is always very uh, competitive, and that's good, man. And I hope you're right because I, I got to tell you, man, I'm this close to getting back on the Lions bandwagon so that they can rip my heart out and take a bite of it like they did in Dances with Wolves, you know, and just pass it around while I watch. That's pretty metal. Love it. it is, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to go with uh, Michigan man Tom Brady this week. Terrible performance last week. Uh, they're kind of fighting for their playoff lives here. So I'm going with more than 265 and a half passing yards for him. And then Stefan Diggs and the bills are going up against uh, the Chicago bears on Christmas Eve. I have Diggs with more than 64 and a half receiving yards. He should honestly double that against the bears who are toilet water. They are toilet water and they are their toilet water even when they're good. So yeah, I'm a little spicy today. I do want to say too, for the people that said, how are you going to watch them eat your heart? You know, you wouldn't you be dead? No, go watch Indiana Jones in the temple of doom and you'll see how it's possible. I know Anthony Broom probably knows about it. Clayton's probably gonna have to go watch it and see what the hell I'm talking about. There you have it. Uh, <laughs> download the prize picks app. I don't know guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, download the prize picks app or visit prizepicks.com. Sign up using the code Wolverine. Get an instant 100% bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. So if you deposit $100, prize picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, they'll give you $50. Don't forget that's the prize picks app or prizepicks.com and the code Wolverine to claim your bonus today. Take the viewing of your team to the next level this <clears throat> season. Um, Let's look ahead real quick to the national championship game because we were in our Thursday chat today and answering questions from our great subscribers at the Wolverine.com. And a lot of them over the last few weeks have been, would you rather play Ohio state or Georgia in the national championship game? And it's not really something we've talked a ton about here, uh, but it is a very real possibility that we get a Michigan Ohio state rematch in the national title game. I think Michigan will win. I think Georgia will win but I do think Ohio state has a chance to beat Georgia. I still think they have a lot of talent. It's been a month in between games. And then I'll say this too. If Ohio state beats Georgia, you're looking at, it's not the same as if Michigan or Ohio state were playing right now, you'd be looking at an Ohio state team that just beat Georgia and is now in the national title game month removed, ready for revenge. Uh, So it would be a little bit different, but here's my question. If you're a Michigan fan, do you want to play Ohio state? or Georgia, because you can look at it a couple different ways. One, I think Ohio State gives Michigan a better chance to win a national championship. But two, there's a lot to lose there. If you do lose the game in terms of the rivalry, you kind of give them not control again, but you know, really the bigger win out of the last three. And then they're kind of rolling again 
and into the next season. So how do you guys kind of view that, that whole thing? Just like that. There are positives and negatives and you want them to stew in their loss and in their misery for a year. Right. At the same time, Michigan can beat Ohio state again. And can you even imagine these, these people would just be absolutely, I mean, this would ruin their year in their, I mean, this might ruin some of their lives. You know, they might, <laughs> they might be moving to the, out of the country and just like questioning their, their, their will to live and everything else. And, uh, and I'm only half joking. If you've seen some of these videos of these people, I'm medicated folks right now. I'm heavily medicated. I'm sick. So bear with me. Any, any complaints or anything like that, we understand, but, uh, yeah, these people are a little bit nutty like that. So uh, there's a lot to gain. There's a lot to lose. Um, so, you know what? It, it almost makes the win at Ohio State, it, it minimi minimizes it a lot if you lose to them in the championship game. There's no way around it. So that's one way to look at it. But uh, optimists and half glass full people would say, let's go kick their ass again. So uh, to me, I'm on the fence. I, I really wish I could give you a definitive answer but you know what i'd like to see michigan georgia because i want to see michigan get another shot at georgia for what happened last year but that's just me it certainly isn't because we're scared of a team that michigan has just beaten the shit out of the last two years yeah i think from the i mean i'm i'm split on it too i mean with michigan and georgia it it would be you know when we get to these national championship games even like when michigan doesn't play in them like i want to see the best two teams in college football play each other and Throughout the course of the season, Michigan and Georgia have been undefeated and are the best two teams in college football. When it comes to, listen, I, I'd take Ohio State again in a heartbeat. And I know there are guys in that building that want another shot at Ohio State. I mean, they'll play. Obviously, at this point, you'll play who's ever in front of you. You kind of have to. But, um, you know, even I, I just you look at the, the, the mental fragility of that program right now. Um, you know, if they thought Michigan was physical with them, wait till you see what Georgia does. I mean, Georgia, Michigan is a thing where it's like, um, it's like Godzilla versus King Kong, where you've got these two behemoth physical monsters of these two teams going up against each other where Ohio state, I think if you punch them in the mouth, they'll wilt. I mean, even as recent as yesterday, Ryan Day is, is up on the podium complaining about people um, you know, over, you know, recruiting their guys, even though they're committed. Newsflash, your predecessor was famous for doing that. Mm -hmm. I think that that mentality starts at the top. I think that it's a program that makes excuses for itself. It's a program that um, is just, I don't think this Ohio, I'll say, I have no issue saying it here and someone will clip it and someone will old take expose me and that's fine. But I don't think this Ohio State program is, is cut out to be a national title contender. Um, it wasn't last year. It's not this year. And that's what you do when you build your entire team out of five-star wide receivers. They can't, they can't all play in the trench. I mean, they can't play at the same time. They don't play in the trenches. They don't play defense. Some of them might convert to defensive back, but they blow coverages back there too. I have zero issue with seeing Ohio State again because we know what they are. Yeah, they got too nice a guy at coach. They they do better when they have a villain. I wrote that on the message board today. They need a villain at the top, and they just don't care, you know. And I think they'll probably get back to that eventually. Maybe Ryan Day will go to the pros or something like that. But he's too nice a guy for that program. You know, I've seen some specials on him, and I thought, what the hell is he doing at, at this school? You know, he should be somewhere and, you know, somewhere where he's uh, – somewhere with a little more scruples. So, anyway, that's just my opinion. Yeah, and I think – 
a lot of times this is just from listening to him too. He's saying things that he thinks the Buckeye Nation wants to hear. Right. Um, but it feels like he doesn't necessarily believe them. Uh, he right. concedes too much talking about the scars and this and that. And that seeps into the mentality of his team. And by the way, you hate to see stuff like that happen to a, a once proud program <laughs> like that. Just kidding. Uh, yeah. So you are. let's, uh, you know, but it is interesting. We'll obviously talk more about Ohio State if uh, if that matchup does happen. And really, maybe even if it doesn't and talk about their exit, potential exit in the college football playoff. Real quick, before we get to a little bit of basketball, to wrap things up, Michigan did land a couple more transfers on Tuesday uh, after Anthony and I were on the live show talking about the other ones. They landed on Sunday. It's been crazy with all of these transfers coming in. Michigan was seven total. Now they rank number two on, on three in the transfer portal rankings. That accounts guys coming in and guys leaving. So I think that's important to note, too, kind of the net, what you're getting there. Uh, and they obviously so far like Michigan, long way to go there. There's still, I think, 1,900 guys in the portal, which is insane. But um, A.J. Barner, tight end, team captain at Indiana. And correct me if I'm wrong, uh, I think Jack Tuttle, the quarterback from Indiana, was also a captain. So imagine that. A quarterback and a tight end, two captains go to another Big Ten school. It's just shameful stuff. Travesty. Right there from those guys. <laughs> um, Anthony, I, I want to start with you because you brought, up, you brought up Jack Tuttle on Monday night saying that's a name to watch. And then the next day he drops. Uh, I think Jack Tuttle to me – is Alan Bowman. Alan Bowman is Jack Tuttle. Finkel is Einhorn, that sort of thing. I think he's going to step in nicely for that role now that Bowman is uh, is leaving. But uh, I think A.J. Barner can make a real impact here and be probably – I was thinking about this earlier. He might be the Colston Loveland role to Luke Schoonmaker, and stepping into that Luke Schoonmaker role will be Colston Loveland next season. Uh, how do you see these two guys? But start with Tuttle, A.B., because you were on top of that one. Oh, it's just – I mean, you, you, you think about – the transfer quarterbacks. And that was just, it was just a name that was floated out by someone I trust a couple of weeks ago is keep an eye on this guy. So, um, you know, never followed up on it. Cause you know, I just don't have the energy to chase down the Jack Tuttle story right now. But um, yeah, I mean, he's a guy like Bowman. You don't, uh, you hope you never have to see him unless you're emptying the bench in non-conference play or uh, you're being one of your conference opponents by 40 points. That's high praise. What's that? <laughs> That's high <laughs> praise. Well, <laughs> no, it's, it's honest. You're being honest. He's a break in case of emergency quarterback. I mean, let's right. call it what it is. I mean, J.J. McCarthy's your starter next year. Might be your starter the next two years. I think they like Davis Warren. Uh, mm-hmm. as a guy they've groomed to be his backup. So uh, Jack Tuttle gets to be uh, the greatest job in sports. He gets to be the backup quarterback. I mean, everyone either is crying to see him or he doesn't have to take as many hits on the field. He's the big man on campus. It's, it's a dream job for him. That's no disrespect to Jack Tuttle. It's just what his role will be here. I think they needed that because you're an injury away from, you know, Alex Orgy being your backup quarterback or Jaden Denegal. And I don't know that either of those guys are long-term going to be guys that factor in the two deep at quarterback. And they didn't take one in 2023. So I guess technically they did with Kendrick Bell, but, um, again, kind of lends more credence to the point that you just needed another arm back there. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as Tuttle goes, good good move on their part. I, I like the addition of A.J. Barner as well. I mean, I'm a little a little less high on him as a player in, in terms of how everyone else feels, but uh, I feel a lot better about him being your backup tight end than a guy like, again, no disrespect, but we haven't seen Matthew Hibner play. Uh, we haven't seen some of these other guys that they have on the roster play. Um, so 
to bring in a guy that's a known commodity and will at the very least be a number two, number three tight end. I think that's um, the way that they've been able to kind of just backfill all these needs over the last couple of weeks has, has been very impressive to me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I forgot he went first. I'm sorry, guys. These meds are really kicking in now. So, um, yeah, I think that's exactly right. And you know what? It's not. It's not a case of right now. You're recruiting depth, right? Now you can get the the position player like Ladarius Henderson, who's going to come in and probably take that left tackle position. In my opinion, I think that's what he was recruited for. With no disrespect to Jeffrey Percy, who I think will compete for that, and it will make him better, right? Uh, maybe you have a guy leave. Maybe you give a guy or two leave because they're upset about it. Well, you know what? Come on, guys. Um, you need depth, and if you're really the team guy that Jim Harbaugh says you are, then stick it out and, and compete and, and win your job back and prove that, you know what, you're the guy and you've waited your turn for a reason. That's just my opinion because, you know what, the grass isn't always greener. So, But uh, to me, yeah, you'll have a couple of those guys, uh, you know, the Olu types, Olu, Olu, Atimi, Iabioki, but then you need guys behind them, and I think they're doing it right in that respect. So like what they're doing with the portal, they're not just going out and getting 20 guys because they need them, guys that might be can or have been cancers at their previous programs like AB. And like you said, Clay, these guys are, are captains and great fits. Mike Hart will obviously vouch for the two Indiana kids having coached both of them. So, uh, and his, to me, his opinion means the world, uh, knowing what I know about him. So uh, I'm excited that, uh, that they got that. They went that route because they needed to really to bolster this class as well. There's no question about it. And I like the mix. I think, I don't think there will be as much need for it going forward because I think they're going to figure out NIL and then they won't have to go to the transfer portal as much, but as of now, you know what, it's the right thing to do. And I think they handled it well. I think so too. And even if they do end up, let's say seven ends up being the norm. And I know they, they're probably going to add more here going forward. There's still a couple of positions, you know, corner comes to mind running back. If Blake Corm doesn't come back, things like that, or just best available. But if you're going to have more guys leave now because of the new era of college football too, you got to cover your bases a little bit and uh, and guard against maybe some attrition that you're going to have as well, especially after this year and next year, once there's less guys with COVID years available where you can just keep asking them to come back. Like, like Barrett somehow is another year, things like that, then I think you're going to maybe see it a little bit more. But um, totally agree there. I think, you know, really good addition so far from Michigan and, and potentially more on the way. Um, let's talk hoops real quick before we go. 80-76 to 76 loss on Wednesday night to North Carolina. And the way I kind of viewed the last month was you had, you know, buy games mixed in, but you also had three really big opportunities and challenges uh, in Virginia, Kentucky, and North Carolina. And you kind of went into that stretch saying you want to win at least one of those. You yep. want to get a signature victory like that uh, because, I mean, let's face it. You go in now, you play Central Michigan next week on December 29th, but you start doing the math about what they need to do in the Big Ten season to get to 18, 19, 20 wins. I know the Big Ten tournament will factor in there as well, but they got to have a pretty darn good Big 10 season if they want to make the big dance at this point. You're sitting at 7 and 4, you're way down there in the net. A lot of time to go, but this was a pretty uh, you know, tough loss given that it's kind of played out like the other two. You were close, but not close enough. Hunter Dickinson was out of sorts uh, and really as as bad as I've seen him play uh, and he's been great. You know, no it's not a knock on him overall, but he was bad last night for Hunter Dickinson. Um, and and I thought that was really, you know, kind of the defining factor for Michigan in this game. 
if he plays well, they win. If he plays decently, they win. Uh, right. No question about it. And and let's be fair here. Um, they're playing with one point guard. He's a true freshman, right? Kobe Bufkin's come a long way, especially defensively. Jet Howard played better defensively last night. They could have won that game. Uh, and those are three good teams that they barely lost to. So I'm going to take the, a positive stance on this and just say, okay, um, as long as they don't come out against Central Michigan, go to overtime. You play the way that you're playing. You can't you can't go up and down like they have been, right? You can't play the level of your competition. You got to come out and, and play hard. I don't need to hear excuses about, you know, we went overseas or we had exams. Everybody else does too. You know, come out and play the way that you can play and and uh, and you'll be okay. So, but they've got to beat Penn State and Maryland. I think they play them both at home or they play Penn State on the road. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, they've, they've, they've got to start. They've got to win their next two, the next three games is the way I looked at it. So I'm going to let Clay look at that schedule. But um, uh, to me, that's that's going to be critical uh, because if they aren't, then they're really digging out of a hole and can't afford to do that. But I do think I do see signs of improvement. I like Doug McDaniel. He made a couple key turnovers. But you know what? This team is only turning it over at a 9.3, 9.4 clip. Guys, you know what? That's really, really good for a team with a lot of new pieces. So I think they'll get better as they play more together. There are still some deficiencies. You know, the four spot, Terrence Williams does some good things, but doesn't shoot well enough. You know, it hasn't been shooting well enough from that four spot to really give them what they need offensively, even though they run some really good stuff there. But defensively is where they really need to improve, guys. I don't think there's any question. Schedule, looking at it. Sorry, before you hop in, A.B., just to clarify for the people. Central Michigan next week, as we mentioned, on New Year's Day, Maryland at home. Then it is Penn State at home. Okay. Uh, on that Wednesday, then you go win. at Michigan State at Iowa. So, yeah, you're kind of looking at that stretch right now where you get these next three home games and, and you really got to take advantage of that so yep. you don't set yourself even more back. Yeah, I mean, they'll destroy Central Michigan. My alma mater is probably not too far away from calling me to see if I have eligibility remaining. Just a complete black hole yeah. of a basketball program. Um, but So that'll be a nice little tune-up for them. Uh, they'll play – Two or three days later, uh, New Year's Day, they'll play Maryland at home. They got that Penn State game. Uh, Ken Palm has them basically as like coin flip games right now. I mean, the way I see it, they're like, you absolutely have to win those. Mm-hmm. Um, the only quote-unquote resume win that they have right now is, or maybe you want to say too, a blowout win at Minnesota doesn't do much for your resume. Uh, I think that Pittsburgh team is maybe a little bit better than we thought they might be, but every opportunity they've had over the last month or so to grab a signature victory, to grab just something to where if you drop a game in big 10 play, you're still somewhat in good shape, you know, drop a game. You're not supposed to, I mean, you still have somewhat of a resume. They have no resume right now. And the nice thing about this conference that they play in is that we've, we've talked about this numerous times every night, almost every night out, unless you play a Minnesota or Nebraska, is a chance at a resume, a resume type of win. And you stack a couple of those in a row, all of a sudden you have something there. But, um, you know, for this Michigan team, I know I, I actually, I'm, I'm with you. I, I actually like some of the pieces on this team. Um, a big three of Hunter Dickinson and Jet Howard and Kobe Bufkin, who I think you could make the argument right now is maybe their best all around player. Um, that's going to win you a lot. I think that'll win you a lot of games in Big Ten play. But um, they don't have a backup point guard. When when Doug is off the floor, uh, I know Kobe's capable of running the point, but they don't have, you know, they just don't have a quarterback of their offensive sets or anything like that. Um, they're once again 
your starting four guy is just a black hole when it comes to giving you anything offensively. So there are holes here. And, and four years into Juwan Howard's tenure, that's, that's on him. You know, if we're talking about year one, year two, there's some roster deficiencies. Okay. I get it. It didn't help that they lost Jalen the but um, it is frustrating that this team isn't better than they are because I think they have the pieces to be a team that could crack the second weekend of the tournament, but the uh, the defensive effort isn't consistent enough. The shooting isn't consistent enough. And just calling it like it is, I think your star player, Hunter Dickinson, just has not played well enough uh, in those big showdown type of games. Uh, Armando Baycott took his lunch money on Wednesday night. Uh, I think of that game against Villanova in the Sweet 16 where he played one of his um, one of his lesser games. I think of games against Illinois where – Kofi Coburn kind of kind of took care of him. He needs to be better too. And I'm not going to rag on him for this because how he talks on his own podcast has nothing to do with how he plays, but it is getting a little tiresome to make more headlines for things he said there as opposed to things that he's done on a basketball court to help Michigan win. Also predicted a 20-point win over Arizona State on his podcast, and I'm not ripping on Hunter Dickinson. I love him, but uh, I think Arizona, I think Arizona State didn't they get crushed last night by a crappy team? So that loss looks even worse. They were down 60 to 25 at some point. At one point, to I think you know one of those schools that sounds like a furniture store, you know. So they lost I don't know. 97 San Francisco. San Francisco. Okay, never mind. All right, it was, it was all right. Again, that's the medi- <laughs> that's the medication. It wasn't Gardner White. <laughs> so, I really wish it was one of those. I do too. Yeah, right. There are some out there. Yeah, yeah and San Francisco. Um, San Francisco's okay, but still, ninety-seven to sixty is a crappy loss. So anyway, there you go. Yes. Let's wrap this thing up, um, man. I need to go sleep. <laughs> For sure. Last thing I wanted to mention because you both, uh, I think you both mentioned Terrence Williams. At least Anthony. He to me is a guy that is similar to. Austin Davis in this way where Austin Davis, when you would look at his per 40 minutes splits and everything, he was so good. I mean, he, he was better than Hunter Dickinson. If you just look at that, Terrence Williams per 40 minutes was always good as a backup his first two years, but those numbers have actually gone down now that he's playing a higher volume of minutes. And he feels like to me, a guy that you want as more of a role player, as opposed to a guy that needs to be, I mean, they leave him open for a reason and he's still not hitting some of those this year. He has struggled with his shot. I know he's better than that, but um, he, you know, that's been an issue. And again, like Kobe Bufkin is stepping up. That gives me a lot of hope because he, man, does he look good? I mean, at times yep. and he looks so much better, complete 180 from a year ago. That's what kind of, it, it gives you a little bit of optimism, but it also makes that game last night sting because it's like, you got that from Kobe and that from jet and you just couldn't get enough from Hunter Dickinson. That's been the exact opposite script for over the last two seasons when hunters had to carry some of these games. So, um it's flip side of the coin glass glass half full glass half empty um but yeah we'll see how michigan responds here and i will say this you got three home games in a row coming up here but maryland and penn state have uh exceeded expectations in the early going this year especially penn state so uh you know those are going to be tough games and as anthony mentioned ken palm has them essentially as 50 50 games that's at home so they're they're saying that they believe those teams are better uh, on a neutral floor so we'll see how it plays out We'll talk more Michigan basketball going forward. Uh, But we do hope everybody has a fantastic holiday weekend here. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, Also, make sure to subscribe to this video. Drop us a like. Head over. Follow our coverage at thewolverine.com. As we mentioned earlier, we'll be down there in Arizona bringing you all the coverage next week. Can't wait for that. And we'll see everyone next time.